Hello, my name is David Hansen, and you have reached my weekly sermon podcast. I serve as the pastor of St. John Lutheran Church of Prairie Hill, and we are a congregation of the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, located just outside of the town of Brenham, Texas. You can learn more about our congregation on our website, stjohnprairiehill.org. That's stjohnprairiehill.org. You're also free to connect with me on my website, revdavidh.blogspot.com. On Sunday, June 9th, we continued in that long green season after Pentecost, sometimes called Ordinary. We also began a sermon, continued a sermon series on Paul's letter to the Galatians called Galatians, Radically Free, Radically Bound. And our text this week was Galatians, the first chapter, verses 11 through 24. Wherever in the world you are, when you listen to this podcast, please know that we here in Prairie Hill give thanks to God for you. May God bless you and enjoy this week's sermon. Actually, you can sit back down. We're, if you'll recall from last week, we're, go ahead and sit back down. That's all right. You've got your exercise for the day. A little bit up and down calisthenics for you. It's good. We're actually reading through the book of Galatians. Uh, and so rather than have you stand, I would invite you to pull out the green Bibles in the pews there uh, and turn to page 165. Uh, and uh, you can even stick one of the little attendance cards in there because we're going to keep coming back to this again and again and again uh, over these weeks ahead uh, as we read through together the book of Galatians. We're going to read in the first chapter, starting with the 11th verse, where Paul writes, I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that the gospel that was proclaimed by me is not of human origin. For I did not receive it from a human source, nor was I taught it, but I received it through a revelation of Jesus Christ. You have heard, no doubt, of my earlier life in Judaism. I was violently persecuting the church of God and I was trying to destroy it. I advanced in Judaism beyond many among my people of the same age. For I was far more zealous for the traditions of my ancestors. But when God, God who had set me apart before I was born and called me through His grace, was pleased to reveal His Son to me so that I might proclaim Him among the Gentiles, I did not confer with any human being, nor did I go up to Jerusalem to those who were already apostles before me, but I went away at once into Arabia, and afterwards I returned to Damascus. Then after three years I did go up to Jerusalem to visit Cephas, and I stayed with him fifteen days. But I did not see any other apostle except James the Lord's brother. In what I am writing to you I do not lie. Then I went into the regions of Syria and Sicilia, and I was still unknown by sight to the churches of Judea that are in Christ. They only heard it said, The one who formerly was persecuting us is now proclaiming the faith he once tried to destroy. And they glorified God because of me. The word of the Lord. Grace and peace to you this day, in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. So we're continuing then this walk through Galatians and and going through this last half today of, of the first chapter. 
few things I want to note about it, but I want you to think back first. And I want you to remember, you know, being 14, 15, 16, 18, trying to figure out what it was that you were supposed to do with your life. Do you remember that point? I'm still trying to figure out what I'm supposed to do with my life. All right, so try to figure out what it is we were, you, were, you were supposed to do with your life. Remember that? What sorts of things did you consider? What did you consider? You don't remember? Is that too long ago, Gene? <laughs> right? How did you go about making that decision? Did you talk to other people? Did you talk to your parents? Did you say, what's going to make me the most money? And that's the first consideration. For some of us it is. Right? What are you going to be able to tolerate for a long time? What are you okay with being stuck with for the next 40 to 50 years? Yeah. How many of you prayed about it before you considered? What we encounter today is Paul's story about how he became the person that he is. How he wound up doing what it is that we know him best for. That is, being the one who goes about proclaiming the gospel and sharing the gospel with all these other people. And all these other places. And so we get this whole story here. And interestingly, Paul doesn't tell us about the Damascus Road experience, right? Y'all know what I'm talking about when I say that, right? When Paul is riding along on the horse, gets knocked off the horse. Paul doesn't tell us anything about that. Paul actually backs the story up further. And what he says is this. He says that when God, verse 15, when God who had set me apart before I was born and called me through His grace. Before I was born. That that phrase is actually in my mother's womb. When God who had called me in the womb. From the very beginning, God knew what I was supposed to be doing and God called me and apparently Paul didn't listen for a while. Right Now we like to think that we have a lot of options when it comes to what we're going to be when we grow up. Right? That we have a lot of options in choosing how our life is going to turn out. That other places, other parts of the country, you know, they, other parts of the world, they tell you what you're going to do. But not here in America. Here we are free. This is the land of the free. As we talk about being radically free in the book of Galatians. Here we are free. A study was done by a, by a professor named Gregory Clark. And, and he started in Britain. And he looked at last names, surnames, from the year 1800. And he found those surnames of people who were particularly wealthy and and, and who went to places like Cambridge and Oxford. And he looked at those last names and he jumped forward 200 years to today and he said, I can tell, based on your last name and how it relates to people who lived 200 years ago, what your socioeconomic status will be. I can predict what your employment will be. Because if you've got certain last names, you are significantly more likely to be a doctor or a lawyer to have gone to Cambridge or Oxford based only on your last name. Well, that's fine and good, we say, and you know, and that's England, and that's why we broke off from England. They have nobility and royalty, and we don't have all that mess over here in America, right? Not so much. He took his study to North America, and he found the exact same results in the United States. 60% of who we become professionally and socioeconomically is based on our family name. 60%. We have a whole lot less freedom than we thought. Don't we? And Paul's point is just the same. We have a whole lot less freedom than what we want. Than what we think. Paul is called, as an apostle, Paul is called 
to be a preacher. Paul is called as a missionary in his mother's womb. Now we like to think that, you know, people get rewarded by God, get the important jobs by God because, you know, they're, they're pretty good people. They're pretty good at what they do. And if you think that, you don't know very many pastors. Because Paul is not basically a good person. That's the language we use, right? I'm basically a good person and therefore God must love me. I'm basically a good person, therefore I'm going to get into heaven. Paul was not basically a good person. He makes a point of saying that before he started doing what we know him for, he was not a good guy. You've heard, no doubt, I was so bad that everybody knows about me. You have heard, no doubt, of my earlier life when I was violently persecuting the church of God and I was trying to destroy it. Paul was kind of a jerk. And yet God had a purpose for him. And yet God had a job for Paul to do that had been set apart for him from the very, very beginning of it all. In his mother's womb. It's hard to think about. But the reality is that this is the same language that Scripture uses over and over again. In Jeremiah it says the same thing. That Jeremiah says he was called in his mother's womb. Okay, that's Jeremiah, that's a prophet, and that's Paul, he's an apostle. But what about people like you and I? Paul actually talks about people like you and I as well when he talks about this language of being called by God. In the book of of 1 Corinthians, Paul says that you ought to consider your own call, brothers and sisters, for not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many of you were powerful. Not many of you were of noble birth. But God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world, the things that are not, to reduce the things that are, so that no one might boast in the presence of God. We all, each and every one of us, has a call. And it's not given to us because we deserve it. It's not given to us because we're great and wonderful people. We all, each and every one of us, have a call that was given to us before it all began. Annie, today we're going to hear about Annie being given a call by God. And Annie didn't choose it. Annie didn't do anything to deserve it. She just is. And because she is, and because she is God's beloved, God has given her a call. God has given her a purpose. And sometimes it's about the jobs that we have, but it's about more than the jobs that we have. It's about the families that we're a part of. It's about the relationships that we have. It's about the communities that we are a part of. For example, I am called to be, right, the husband of Megan, the father of Layla, the pastor of St. John Lutheran Church, a citizen of these United States and of Washington County. All sorts of calls for each and every one of us. And the thing is, we can run away from them. Paul runs away from it. Paul doesn't begin by proclaiming the gospel. But we'll never be happy. We'll never be happy. Going for the job that makes us the most money, going for the the career that is the most convenient, going out and searching to find ourselves in the language of, of, of our culture today, none of that will make us happy until we find that call that God has for us, that purpose that God has for our lives. Because God has a purpose for each and every one of us. And the longer we run away from it, the more restless and unhappy we are going to be. St. Augustine says that our hearts are restless until they rest in you, O God. I think Paul would say the same, that our hearts are restless until they find their call from God. So what, what does Paul do? Could you give me the next slide there, Barney? 
Again, this is the same map from last week, right? So what Paul does is Paul is, is in Israel there. And I know you can't see all the lines and stuff. That's all right. And he runs south to Arabia after God's call on his life. He runs south to Arabia. Which, what's in Arabia? Sand. That's it. Sand and more sand. He doesn't go to go meet with his pastor. He doesn't take off with his friends to go sightseeing. He doesn't go to visit with the apostles. He makes a point of talking about this. He doesn't go to talk to the apostles. He goes off to pray. He goes off to spend some time, three years in fact, he says. Three years to go off and pray. Now I have prayed for a long time. I have never gone off and prayed for three years. But that's what he calls us to do. To enter into prayer and discernment about where God calls us to be and what our purpose is for each and every one of us because we all have it. Thanks be to God for the rain. Then he says, all that they know about me, the ones in Judea where I didn't go, all that they know about me is that the one who formerly was persecuting us is now proclaiming the faith and they glorified God because of me. When we find our call, when we find the purpose to which God is calling us, we become that light in the world. As I'll say to Annie here in just a moment, let your light so shine before others that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. How do we do that? We find our call, our purpose, and we live into it as the very best we can. Whatever that call is, whether you are 15 trying to figure it out, or 25 trying to figure it out, 35 trying to figure it out, 55 trying to figure it out, 75, it doesn't matter. We all have that purpose. And as soon as you find it, you will know. It's that place where the world has the deepest needs, says Frederick Buechner, where the world has the deepest needs and they meet up with your deepest skills and joy. So friends, where do the world's needs meet your joy? Where do the world's needs meet your skills? Go and do it to God's glory. Go and do it to God's praise. Go and be that light in the world Shining for all to see. Living out your purpose in each and every way because it's not just about pastors standing up front and preaching. In fact, that's the very least that it's about. It's about each and every one of us. Finding that purpose that was given to us in our mother's wombs affirmed here in the waters of baptism and going out and shining as a light for all the world to see. Living out God's purpose for us. Amen.